So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. But there's also an advert for <laughs> an as yet unseen sex tape of Kim Kardashian. It is a bit surprising that there is an as yet unseen sex tape of Kim Kardashian, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, it's... No comment. How long have sex tapes been like a big driver for celebs that need to have a little boost? Mine hasn't taken off. (laughs) (laughs) Smashing Security, episode 272. Going ape over the Kardashians and the face of romance scams with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 272. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carol, we are joined this week by someone who's returning to the show. It is the BBC cyber correspondent, Joe Tidy. Hello, Joe. Hello. Welcome back, Joe. It's good to be back. I'll try not to spill my tea this time. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, 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 I sent my tea, launched it through the air, and it landed all over me and my wife's knicker drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been busy. Yes, it's been quite busy. I've been doing some strange stories lately, but um, yeah, it's a very busy time. And you're off to El Salvador, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm flying out uh, in a few days' time. We've been trying to get out there for a while, actually, but um, we're going out there to do a documentary for the BBC about um, cryptocurrency because uh, El Salvador is the first country in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender. And it's been a sort of semi-success slash we don't really know we're going to go and find out. Oh, you go digging around and see what's really going on out there. Exactly. And see actually whether or not people are using it. Because the president, Bukele, he loves it. He's a proper crypto bro. And he's trying to get the whole world using it. But actually, I think the um, the truth on the ground is different. Crypto bro. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> Now, how about we thank this week's sponsors, Collide and NetFoundry. Their support help us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? Oh, I'm going to be going ape over the latest theft of NFTs. You're NFT mad these days. Joe, what about you? Well, I told you I've been doing some weird stories lately. I'm going to tell you about the mysterious case of the Roblox sex room that Kim Kardashian's son apparently found. Oh, well, I think we should stop there. I don't need to have a story at all. And I'm going to talk about the face behind thousands of romance scams. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. 
Now, chums, chums, um, are you property magnets? Have you ever been interested in investing in property, you know, becoming a landowner? That's where all the money is, isn't it? Yes, I would love to do that. It just needs a lot of wonga, doesn't it? Yeah, same. Well, I think a lot of us, we look back jealously at ages gone by and people who invested in property long ago or land and now continue to live off the riches and think, well, how can we, how can we jump in? Well, the answer might be, of course, with virtual property and virtual land. If we, could, if, we, if we aren't successful at actually buying real land here on planet Earth, maybe we can buy it in the metaverse instead. What, you could actually just kill me and put me in a coffin and I could just live in Metaville. Of my uh... Metaville. <laughs> well, I think you're thinking of Farmville. I, I think you're a little bit 2005 there, actually, Carol. But uh, anyway, let, let, let me let me get to that in a moment because there is more bad news from the world of cryptocurrency and NFTs. You'll remember last week I told you about a man who had his cryptocurrency wallet emptied after hackers craftily gained access to his Apple iCloud account because it turns mm-hmm. out Apple on your iPhone are backing up all kinds of data from your apps, unless you specifically tell it not to. And the data it backed up included his MetaMask crypto wallet seed phrase. Oh, dear. And so when the hackers gained access to his iCloud, they were able to empty out his wallet. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Indeed. Now, this week, word reaches us of another attack, this time not involving a phone call coming out of the blue, but instead a message which was posted on the official Instagram account of the Bored Ape Yacht Club. Um, now, these, these chaps, these bros, <laughs> these simians, we've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bored Ape Club, for, for anyone who hasn't heard us talking about these before or have somehow missed this phenomenon, um, and I can understand why you might want to choose to ignore it, the Bored Ape Yacht Club is the cool place to be if you're into NFTs, non-fungible tokens. What they are selling are NFTs, which are algorithmically generated cartoon apes, each one unique. Yeah. Anyone who's listened to the show will have heard this dozens of times. You'll you'll have heard this already. Exactly. And there are all kinds of perks which you get. And anyone who watches Jimmy Kimmel or follows any rappers. I mean, these these NFTs are the NFTs, aren't they? They're the big ones. Snoop Dogg, Justin Bieber, Madonna. Eminem. Yeah, Eminem. Paris Hilton went on the Jimmy Fallon show. They compared apes with each other. Really weird stuff. Now, another way in which the hype is continues, to, apart from the celebrity endorsement, is that Yuga Labs, the parent company of the Bored Ape Yacht Club, mm-hmm. announced airdrops. And an airdrop, it, it, it's sort of asking you, well, you know, if, if you could own something in the cryptoverse, why does it have to be a picture of a cartoon ape? Why couldn't you also own virtual land? So what Yuga Labs is saying and what they're about to launch is something where they'll have this other side metaverse. They're calling it the other side, which is where there'll be virtual land and you can buy plots and maybe you can sell the plots to other people, all in the form of NFTs. And obviously, because it's virtual land, they have an unlimited amount of this and they can choose when to release new stuff. But what you do with an airdrop is you can say to people who've already bought some of your NFTs, we're going to give away some of our virtual land space to you for free. Can I ask a question? Yes. Just want to know, is this virtual landscape limited in size or is it infinitely sized? Well, I, I imagine it's going to be limited, isn't it? Because it's, it's, they obviously want to bump up the price. People who buy it want to feel like there's a limited number, just like there's going to be a limited number of apes. Right. But there's always the yeah. potential 
for Yuga Labs to roll out more if they want to in the future. We've just extended it by eight bazillion fake miles. <laughs> right. So the okay. one you brought last week is worth half. <laughs> exactly. Right. But it might be a particularly attractive place or you might be located next door to Kim Kardashian or whoever it is. You know, there's all kinds of ways in which they could make the, these locations, you know, just, just like you would choose between the old Kent Road and Mayfair. And one of them is going to be more attractive than the other and worth a different value. So the value of these land could be at different prices as well. So the idea is that if you've already got a Bored Ape NFT, if you get airdropped, you'll be given some land for free. And so people think, whoa, blimey, that's fantastic. This that's is a, so generous. I can't believe that's it. That's a reason why I want a Bored Ape NFT. And so at the start of this week, the official Instagram account for the Bored Ape Yacht Club posted an image saying that an airdrop was happening right now and that fans should claim their virtual land. All they had to do was click on the link in the Instagram's account profile and connect their wallet, and bingo. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. I think you're ahead of me, Carol. What could possibly go wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, what went wrong was, although that message was posted in the official Bored Ape Yacht Club Instagram account, wasn't posted by the Bored Ape Yacht Club. Someone had hacked that account and posted the message and they'd linked to a lookalikey page in order to trick people to do this with their wallets. And their wallets were instantly emptied by the hackers of their NFTs. Millions of dollars worth of Bored Apes and Mutant Apes and all the other NFTs were transferred out of those wallets and instantly sold to the highest bidder on NFT auction sites. If this is not a reason to discredit these stupid algorithmic ape designs <laughs> and say, actually, they're worthless because then they will have gotten away with nothing as opposed to something. But that's too much to ask. Well, they it? are of questionable value. What, what's your opinion on NFTs, Joe? Well, I, I, I love this story. And you hear these stories all the time. There's something mm. about... NFTs and cryptocurrencies that make them extremely hackable. Of course, this was actually a really simple and fiendish hack because, of course, they didn't hack the NFTs or anything like that. Yeah. They just took over the Instagram account. And, of course, these guys are the, the pioneers of the, the NFT world, the metaverse, the future Web3 that we're all kind of hurtling yeah. towards it, whether we like it or not. <laughs> But at the same time, they all have a, probably, they all share the same Instagram. There's probably an admin password. It was probably admin one, two, three. And someone thought, you know what? Instead of going after the actual NFTs, why don't we just take over their Instagram and, and get people to send the NFTs to us willingly? It's really clever. Yeah. What is interesting is that the Board Ape Yacht Club say that they had all the security measures in place on their Instagram account. They say they had two-factor authentication enabled. And mm. one assumes it wasn't via SMS, you know, which is obviously a, a much weaker form of two-factor authentication. You think they're probably too smart to use that. Mm. Which makes me think, well, how did that account get hacked? It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I assumed, I didn't read that mm. about the two-factor, but yeah, I mean, that does add a whole other, another layer of complexity, doesn't it? Because um, obviously the SIM swapping side of things, yeah. that, that's kind of been solved by the hackers. So yeah. doing two-factor over your text or whatever isn't that secure? Because if someone knows your number, then they can mm. spoof that number and get the code they need. But I mean, yeah, now you see, Graham, you've just, you've just <laughs> got me very interested in this story. I wasn't, I wasn't going to cover it on the BBC, but now... Well, yeah, I've... well, just cut and paste, cut and paste. <laughs> well, I think there's three possibilities. 
I think one okay. possibility is that the hackers, and you can do this with two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication is not 100% security. There are ways of getting around it, although it's much more complex. One way would be that at some point, someone at the board Ape Yacht Club had their 2FA code stolen. So or maybe, yeah. maybe they were fished. They were sent to a page mm-hmm. where they were asked for their 2FA code. It wasn't the real Instagram login page. It was somewhere else. And at that instant, in real time, the hackers used the 2FA code, which was entered, to gain access to the Instagram account themselves. So you can do this using a sort of proxy phishing attack. And the person didn't notice and didn't do anything about it. And they worked so quickly. Well, there's... Item one, item one. Okay, two. That's one Hmm. method. The second method would be if the board Ape Yacht Club had more than one person using the Instagram account. Which, of course, they probably did. Which Mm -hmm. it's quite possible they would. Then Mm -hmm. they need some mechanism for people to share the two-factor authentication code, whether it be via a password manager or Mm -hmm. a Slack channel or whatever it is. Now you're talking. Mm -hmm. And now if that Mm -hmm. got hacked and someone else gained access to that Mm -hmm. visibility of the 2FA code, then that would be a way for them to get in. So that's a possibility as well. My third theory, and I can't think of any more than three at the moment, so I'm interested if anyone else or any listeners have an idea as well, is that Instagram has a problem. And you do find on the underground cybercrime forums people who claim that they can hack basically any Instagram account. And that would probably be done either via vulnerability or, to my mind, more likely via rogue insider at Instagram Mm. who might have the ability to restore people's access to accounts. And if they were a bit dodgy or if they were bribable, then they might be able to do it. You, You remember, of course, when... Twitter got hacked and lots of yeah, celebrities. The, the, the great Twitter hack. That right. was the same thing, wasn't it? That was someone mm-hmm. getting access to the back end yeah. through an employee. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this a lot with the, have you seen the Lapsus cybercrime gang? Yes. Yeah. That seems to be like their speciality. They are very good social engineers and they can get right. get into the, the back end of systems. And sometimes they have been advertising on their Telegram, hey, anyone work for any of these big companies, <laughs> please talk to us. We'll get pay you for access. If you're a company who thinks you might get targeted, it'd probably be wise to subscribe to that Telegram channel. And yes. We'll keep an eye open and see if your name gets mentioned. It's a pretty good channel, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I've been on there quite a bit. It's got about 50,000 followers. It's, it's amazing. It's, um, yeah, get the popcorn out. Don't you think it's kind of in the name, though? Maybe they just got so bored, the guys at the Bored Yacht Ape Club, <laughs> that one of them just thought, you know what? I'll just rip off all our users and slam that money into a secret account. And then yeah. we'll just say, oh, God, I have no idea what happened. Let's reinvest. We're good guys. And here's some bored frog yacht club <laughs> yeah. NFT things. Yeah, TM that, Joe. TM it. <laughs> Could be worth billions. <laughs> I've got another theory as to why these NFT-related scams keep happening, which is, in effect, NFTs themselves are a bit of a scam, right? Because if you want the image or if you want the song, you can just download it. Just right-click on it, save as, and copy it to your hard drive. You don't have to own the NFT or the link in the blockchain to it. So maybe NFTs and cryptocurrency are really focused on the gullible anyway, in which case maybe you're more prone to getting hacked or being Mm. duped or connecting your wallet. Maybe there is a sort of inherent background radiation of gullibility here, which the bad guys are taking advantage of. Am I being harsh? No, I think it, I think there's something there. And I also think there's even more to it than that. I think that perhaps people who are involved in NFTs and crypto uh, schemes, they might be on the more kind of trusting 
Maybe I wouldn't use the mm. word gullible. Maybe I would say they are very trusting of, yeah. of new yeah. ideas on the internet, but also they want to get rich. If yes. there's one thing we know about NFT or mm. crypto bros, they want the next thing that's going to go up in value. I think very rarely will people admit to, well, they would probably lie, actually. <laughs> but I think very rarely would they say, oh, I'm doing this for the art. I'm doing this because I like the image. No, you're not. You're doing it because you want to get rich or you want to be part of a, a rich boy club. And I think this story with the, this latest hack is also indicative of the, the direction we're going in because NFTs historically have been looked at by non-believers as, as you say, a bit of a con because you don't mm -hmm. even have the copyright for the image. All you've got is this, this bit of code on the blockchain. And no one even knows what ownership means. Yeah, but, but with Bored Apes, what we're seeing is these guys, they, they kind of recognize there's the flaw in the system. So now they're saying, no, 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 it's not just the, the code in the blockchain. You're part of our club. So we're yes. now releasing land in the metaverse. We're, mm -hmm. we're doing these things with toxic, um, what's it, you know, that, you know, they're, they're combining two apes with some sort of toxic thing. And then you get another ape and then you, yes. they're starting to do physical events as well. So they're having to work a lot harder, I think, to convince people that actually these products are worth it. And this post that caused this hack kind of shows that. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm. Great, Graham. Well, thanks. I'm loving learning about NFTs every single week. <laughs> you, you, you're just, you can be quite catty, can't you, Carol? Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just you're not the bored ape. You're sort of the bored Carol yacht club. Yes, the bored cat. Yes, there are some really popular cat NFTs actually out there. Oh, really? Oh my god. Oh, don't tempt her. Now she's interested. <laughs> so, Joe, what have you got for us this week? Well, as I say, this isn't really cybersecurity, but my brief does extend other, in other directions. And this one, we just I just couldn't resist looking into. So do any of you watch or have you watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians? No. My only contact with Kardashians has been in Star Trek deep space nine and things like that i i, I <laughs> is she in that i think I, I think so i think i've heard of the cardassians that's it though what, what, what is this this is cardassians is that what are you doing that for she yeah they're, they've it? got they've got sort of like bumpy foreheads haven't they and they're they're not the ferengi ones oh are you not there's not klingons no no they're not the bumpy heads well they've got bump, every, basically every alien in star trek has a bumpy head <laughs> That's how you show the aliens from people in Star Trek. They have a Cornish yeah, pasty yeah. sellotaped to their forehead. That's how they do the makeup. On. <laughs> the creativity on that show, eh? It's amazing. So anyway, so okay, you are Kardashian um, non-believers currently. Yes. Newbies. Happily so. Okay. Happily so. Well, there was a show called Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It, it, it was massive. And then they had a couple of years pause. They're back with a new show called Kardashians which, again, took a long wow. time in the, um, the creativity department to come up with that. And this one's on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. It launched a couple of weeks ago. And in the first episode, mm. the whole episode revolves around this dramatic moment when Kim Kardashian's son, Saint, runs into the room with his iPad and he says, Mummy, Mummy, look what I found on Roblox. Roblox, of course, this ginormous game yeah. um, mm. where... Lots of mini games in, inside a big game. Really, really popular with young people. So he runs in and says, Mummy, I found a Kim Kardashian experience on Roblox. Look at this is on Roblox. Who made that? <laughs> Who made that? Let me see. Let me see. Click on it. As you see it on the screen... Um, they, they all look very shocked. There was a picture of my cry face, and then I looked at it, and it said 
something super inappropriate like Kim's new sex tape. No, it was an inappropriate thing that popped up on his Roblox about me. That says they're leaking something that some someone said. And Kim is very upset to find not only is it a room with her lots of pictures of her cry face, as she calls it, but there's also an advert <laughs> for an as yet unseen sex tape of Kim Kardashian. This is supposed to be unreleased footage from my old sex tape. The last thing that I want as a mom is for my past to be brought up 20 years later. It is a bit surprising that there is an as yet unseen sex tape of Kim Kardashian, isn't it? Uh, it's No comment. Has she done these before, sex tape? Oh, yeah. So in 2007, um, there was a sex tape released of her, and I think it was a, a rapper, I think. Anyway, that in some ways put her on the path to become this incredible reality TV star and businesswoman that she is. Um, right. So, so there are tapes out there. Anyway, so obviously very, very serious. You know, this is her six-year-old son. He stumbled yeah. across a room with pictures of his mum crying, which is, you know, maybe a bit disturbing. And then there's this 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 advert for a, for a sex tape. Very, very serious thing. And, and as Kim Kardashian says in, in the show, you know, thank God he can't read because that would be pretty disturbing. <laughs> so, um, Like the other members of the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no comment. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Anyway, so um, normally you'd look at that thing and you'd think, yeah, all right, whatever. But Roblox came out uh, last week and said, Yes, there was a Kim Kardashian experience room, and this this message was there. We deleted the room and we've banned the creator. And I thought, wow, there's there's a there's a story there. You know, that's pretty shocking mm. that 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 um that was on there. Then when you start looking into it, and this is why I'm really fascinated by this story. Roblox says only a few dozen people actually discovered that room of the hundreds of millions of players out there, huh. and of the millions of rooms on Roblox, only a few dozen, according to their data, actually found that room. So the chances of that being saint mm-hmm. completely on his own. Yeah. I mean, as one Roblox developer put it to me, it's astronomically small that yeah. he would have stumbled across that room while they were rolling, I might add. Hmm. Oh, I, oh, oh, hang on a moment. Hang, <laughs> hang on a moment. I, I, oh, I think I know where he's going here. Are you <laughs> suggesting that maybe this was done for the cameras a little bit? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I would never say such a thing with um, with such a litigious family as the Kardashians. But I spoke to their family representative for the BBC article I wrote, and they said lots of things to me which they won't allow me to comment on, but they would allow me to say that uh, it was not falsified. The scene was not falsified. So, But maybe reenacted. Um, well... Yes, I think the, the he the, wasn't the, reading a script the, because the I mean, yeah. I, okay. So you say mm. it's astronomically small that they would discover these things. I yeah. have a son who quite likes watching YouTube videos, and I think he's done jolly well keeping up with the number of videos posted on YouTube. I think he is catching up quickly. What a hundred hours every minute? Exactly. There seem to be very few um, Minecraft or Fortnite videos that he has now not seen. So maybe St. Kardashian could be put to work on finding other material. If Roblox isn't very good at policing itself, maybe they could actually yeah. put this young lad. Maybe he's the most talented member of the family. As a super moderator. Yeah. Could it be like some kind of weird algorithm thing because they're like close in geographic lo- location based on pseudo-anonymized information? So 
they well, would be delivered to them. But as quite, a kid, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. But according to Roblox people, um, yeah, I spoke to a few of them. They said the only possibilities are he did completely stumble across it. Hmm. Astronomically small possibility yep. of it happening. Um, he searched for his name or her name, and then spent he, a long yeah. time going through all the various keyword rooms and that can't came read, up. And apparently. can't read. Yeah. Yeah. God help him if he ever does that on Google and finds out more about his mother. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and the other possibility, which I'm afraid the community is leaning towards, is that <laughs> either the producers made it and handed in the iPad, or they found mm-hmm. it and handed in the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, How dare you? Well, what a th- terrible it's a, It is an accusation. It's a theory. It? It's a theory. Yes, it it's a theory. But as far as um, the Kardashians have said and, and Hulu, they are just saying, hey, thanks for making it the most watched episode on their platform ever. <laughs> How convenient. Of course. You mm. see? <laughs> How long have sex tapes been like a big driver for celebs that need to have a little boost? Mine hasn't taken off. <laughs> <laughs> Links in the show notes to Joe Tiger's sex tape. what have you got for us? So recently a friend dropped by for dinner. Okay, we're gonna call uh we're gonna call them Dodo. Okay. And and Dodo <coughs> has been single for a while. Right. Not Dido. No, not Dido. We're just going to call him Dodo. Um, And so, you know, I was encouraging Dodo to consider pursuing a few online dating sites, you know, just to peruse them and just see what spring 2022 post-COVID has done to online dating. Mm -hmm. And Dodo grumbled saying they weren't ready, yada, yada. But as you know, Graham, I like to push people. So I said, why don't we just build a free account, you know, with your middle (laughs) name or something, and we can go see what's out there. This is purely for your own entertainment, isn't it? It's purely for you just to have a more fun dinner party. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's also to help these people, you know, get out there again. It's altruistic. Ah, okay. All right. Anyway, so my thinking was to show them, you know, there's quality people, da-da-da-da. So I randomly chose Match.com because I've not been on online dating, right, in what, decade? So, right. uh, or how long have I been married? <laughs> and, um, um, and you, anyway, so, you, you, you know, I just chose it rando and I, you have to fill in this huge number of forms and in order to peruse these potential datees. Mm. And a mandatory element in this process was uploading a photograph. Right. A picture of Dodo. Now, of course, Dodo was not ready to do this because, well, you know, they just weren't. Mm. But they suggested that we grab any random photograph from a Google search that looked vaguely matchy to the profile that we put together and post it. So just go to Google image search. You look for BBC Newsroom presenters around about year 2000. Oh, here's one. A guy (laughs) called Joe. Okay, well, we'll put that up. Something like that. Yeah. No, but have you heard of people doing this before? Not for not to be bad, but just because they want to, like, you yeah, know. because they don't they don't want to use their own photo. I get that. Yeah. So someone could be using my photo to do this. I don't God help think, them. But. I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Carol, come on. I don't think anyone, as I have purple well, hair at the moment, um, anyone going yeah. on a dating site is going to use your photo. <laughs> okay, so I get it. I get it that people want to do this to stay anonymous, right? That's why probably why they're doing it, but. At the same time, it's really freaky that photos can just be uploaded willy-nilly. I think the photo mm. should be willy-nilly, ideally. Otherwise, you're definitely not going to get anyone liking you. Sorry, it's a grubby joke. It's gone above your head. It's, <laughs> let's, and mine. <laughs> yeah. 
Something about willies. Um, yeah, yeah something about dicks. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Just let's move on. <laughs> so, so this whole process, right, got me to thinking about the people whose faces are used in things like romance scams. I mean, a scammer doesn't throw up his or her own face up there, right? Their mug is never used. Ideally, they find one that's attractive, more beautiful than them, and, you know, someone to kind of woo the victim. And the question is, how do they find these faces? Like, do they just do a Google search like my friend Dodo or what? Hmm. So I was surfing the web looking for the story, and I landed on this article on how a U.S. Army colonel had been the face of thousands of romance scams around the world for almost a decade now. That's a bit like um, Alex Eckelbury. Do you remember Alex came on the show and he said his photo was often used in romance scams? Yes, that's right. He had middle-aged he's looking. Well, he's quite good looking. If in a sort of George Clooney sort of, you know, in other words, oh, barely good yes. looking at all. Um, <laughs> It all starts with, you know, typical romance scam stuff. Okay, so take Brandy's mom, Deborah. So she gets a message on Facebook mm -hmm. from a hot military guy called Colonel Blackmon, right? And they get to chatting and he asks about her family, what she does for work. Does she have any grandchildren? Tells her how beautiful her smile is. Tell them <laughs> he says his <laughs> wife had left him after trying to kill their son, Alvin. So, you know, has stories. Oh, me. And it wasn't until he started asking for money that the daughter, Brandy, felt something wasn't right. Good for her. Right. Blackman was telling Deborah that doctors had found tumors on his son's stomach, that he desperately needed surgery. This was typical romance scam stuff at the moment. And when Brandy searched Daniel Blackman, wasn't what she expected because the real Daniel Blackman, the army colonel in mm. Oklahoma and happily married with kids. Mm. And so when they contacted him, you know, they said, hey, do you know that your your face is being used? He's like, oh, yeah, it's been used since 2014. Oh, he knows about it. Yes, yeah. he knows. Most of the profiles use Blackman's full name and photos he shared previously on Twitter, though some used only his photos in a different name. His selfies were their profile photos. <gasps> They'd rip off uh, pictures he'd posted online in uniform and shared them with women they spoke with. There's this other woman who I just had to put in because her name was so fantastic. Connie Poindexter. <laughs> That's fantastic. made up. It's got to be. Real. It's got to be. That's a deep faked um, name, if ever I've heard one. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you can get AI made faces, can't you? Yes. yes. So you can, with your friend, Carol, you could have used a person that doesn't really exist. I think the website is called This Person That's Does right. Not Exist. Or yeah. Something like that. yeah. Yeah. Yes, and it is pretty scary how accurate they're getting. It's getting just too spooky. But this apparently happens all the time. Military romance scams are really common. The Army's Criminal Investigation Division has an entire webpage dedicated to informing people on how to spot and report them. So if you kind of have a woo romance on one of these socials with someone who's uh, military-ish, you should go and check out. Because they, mm. they often say things like, oh, I'm off on, you know, I'm deployed and I can't get access to my bank account. Can you fire me some money? Seems to be a huge scammy bit Clever. that they use. Mm. Did you watch um, this? What's his name? The Tinder Swindler, Simon. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that one? Yeah. Yeah. On Netflix. Good, wasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. It was about yeah. twice as long as it needed to be, but I thought it was very good. Mm. Yeah. Well, a lot of things are that way now, yeah, right? True. Why not <laughs> drag them out? Including our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the thing is, though, is 
how I was wondering, like, how is this for the real Colonel Blackman, right? Like, this has been going on for 10 years. So I was reading through all these articles. And, you know, basically, he gets regular messages on Twitter telling him that his profile is being used. In fact, he's updated his Twitter profile to say, I'm the real Daniel Blackman. I do not follow if I don't know you. I'm only public on Twitter. I'm a happily married, not deployed and won't ask for money. And that's mm. just sitting there on his, on his Twitter thing. He wow. spends his time looking for fake accounts. He's had, he goes out, he goes and tells people, Hey, I think you're being scammed by someone pretending to be me. And he says, often the people don't believe him. Yeah. God, he must spend so, must waste so much of his time. Well, that's what I'm thinking. He says his wife doesn't even talk to him about it because it frustrates her so much. And because the scammers often pretend that Blackman's now a widower, you know, like she's been killed off in multiple different ways. <laughs> you could write you could write fan fiction about this guy. Right. The backstory's amazing. <laughs> and and when he reports these scams to socials, um he, he gets a report in twelve hours that says it doesn't violate community standards. Can can I say I don't want to watch the Kardashians. I want to watch the Blackmans. I want a, a reality fly on the wall program. <laughs> yeah. Following him and his wife. I can just imagine. <laughs> it imagine sounds horrendous. Rouse. And it's, it, this is a victim that we rarely think about. The, you know, mm, the person, yeah. we always think about the person who's being targeted, but not the person who's being used. And what I'm amazed at is he's been used again and again and again. He says, you know, an account gets closed down finally, and then there's five new ones. And it's been going on for almost a decade. He must be a pretty hot hunk of love. Have you checked him out, Krill? Yes, he's a, you know, he a distinguished right, gentleman. Yeah, he? <laughs> distinguished, yes, how I describe him. Hmm, we did a yeah. story on BBC about a, a, a woman who was deep faked in, a, in a, a, a romance scheme. So she was doing FaceTime calls with this individual oh. and the signal was always quite bad, which hmm. obviously meant that the, the, the picture could be wrong. But his mouth was moving and the picture seemed okay. And it was this, um, I think he was some sort of surgeon in Turkey, but... That wasn't who they were talking to. It was someone else in Nigeria. Wow. And um, the BBC reporter tracked down the actual surgeon in Turkey and said, how do you feel about this? And they were really upset and angry about it. Yes. Yeah. This was a professional you know, person who was trying to do a good job as a surgeon. And there he was, his image being used um, and abused by these, by and, these scammers. And who knows if Mr. Colonel Blackman's going to be walking around sometime and get clocked in the face by oh, some wow, outraged yes. woman. Yeah. yeah. Who just thinks you, you know, you stole my cash. Anyway, so it's pretty insidious and yeah. just, just, you, Joe, get the BBC to do more work on the poor people that are used. I will, I will do my <laughs> <These> best. <images. laughs> I, I, I tell you what, if someone hadn't have done that story already, that is a brilliant story. The fact that yeah. it's been happening to him for so long. Yeah. I mean, the rows with his wife about it, the time he spent. It reminds me of that guy um, on Twitter who's called John Lewis. And every oh, Christmas, yes. everyone has a go at him for the Christmas ad or something. And he's like, I'm not the real John Lewis. Please leave me alone. Collide sends employees important, timely and relevant security recommendations for Linux, Mac and Windows devices right inside Slack. Collide is perfect for organisations that care deeply about compliance and security but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they become unusable. So instead of frustrating your employees, Collide educates them about security and device management while directing them to fix important problems. Sign up today 
by visiting smashingsecurity.com slash collide. That's smashingsecurity.com slash K-O-L-I-D-E. Enter your email when prompted, and you will receive a free Collide goodie bag after your trial activates. You can try Collide with all of its features on an unlimited number of devices for free for 14 days, no credit card required. Try it out at smashingsecurity.com slash collide. That's smashingsecurity.com slash K-O-L-I-D-E. And thanks to Collide for supporting the show. The network is dead. Long live the network. This is the tagline from our sponsor this week, NetFoundry. Protecting applications is getting more complicated. We all care about security. But man, it's hard. You see, all networks, according to NetFoundry, are insecure. Period. And the zero-trust security model is the way to go. It was created with the idea of never trust, always verify. But historically, this has been seriously hard to implement. NetFoundry have created OpenZD to provide an open source, free and easy way for you to embed zero trust networking into anything. Embed SDKs inside your app, tunnelers to run on all major operating systems, or deploy an edge router for any cloud. And the best bit? No networking engineering skills required. This is something you guys definitely want to check out. Visit smashingsecurity.com forward slash netfoundry. That's N-E-T-F-O-U-N-D-R-Y. And thanks to NetFoundry for sponsoring the show. And welcome back. And you join us at our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. It could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my Pick of the Week this week is not security related. My Pick of the Week is... Um, I, you know, in the UK, um, I'm sure many of us are aware of the uh, continual dumpster fire, which is the state of British politics. Um, there's all kinds of things. There's parties going on. There's Sharon Stone style allegations. Oh, all sorts <laughs> of extraordinary stories going on from the House of Commons. And um, one of the key players uh, who works for the government is Nadine Dorries, MP who Mm -hmm. is Secretary of State for Digital Culture, Media and Sport. Currently, she is trying to sell off um, Channel 4, I believe, and she's not necessarily a fan of BBC either. So Joe might choose not to say very much during this segment. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I will. I love BBC. We love love the BBC. uh, More than uh, I love Norris. (laughs) Yeah, the current uh, government is not so keen. But anyway, never mind, never mind. Because Nadine Dorries, aside from... um, previously announcing how much she shared her password with her colleagues in the office and uh, all, all sorts of bad advice she has given about computer security over the years. Um, she used to be an author. She used to write romantic fiction. And I have been following, and thanks to our listener Yogi for pointing out this Twitter account for me because I've become addicted to it. Um, she used to write sort of romantic fiction and there You're is a Twitter account. No, 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 no idea. I'm looking at it now. It's amazing. <gasps> there is a Twitter account called Daily Dorries. Dorries is D-O-R-R-I-E-S, where they choose a segment of one of her books. <laughs> <laughs> Usually and quite racy, I see. 
There's a lot of raciness. Um, okay, can we read one? Can we read one? I've got one here. Oh, Pinning her to the wall with his forearm across her chest, Patrick fumbled with his free hand at his belt and trousers. I won't say any more. <laughs> Family show. Okay, it's a Blimey. bit like my dad wrote a porno. Yes, yeah, it's, but more uh-huh. embarrassing. It is uh, oh. um, rather fun. Um, she she has some habits in terms of her terminology as well. I've been looking at quite a few of these. Um, so I'm going to give you a quick pop quiz, okay? Um, which of the following is a term commonly used by Nadine Dorries to describe the male appendage? Okay. okay. Does she yep. use the word langer <laughs> or okay. langer? Or Langer. Which of the is the <laughs> one, <laughs> one that B. she's... Yes, yes. B. Langer is correct. So, for instance, we have John McCarthy whispered to Tommy, Aye, Tommy, keep your fly buttons done up tight. If ye have to go into Molly Barrett's, put a shovel head down your trousers and over ye Langer. The feckin' cat's a lunatic, so it is. I don't even know what half of this oh means. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which one was that from? I see she's done quite a few. There's from the Bally Mara Road, 2015, the Angels of Lonely of Lovely Lane, 2016. Mine was Hide from, Her Name. Hide Her Name. That's the one which I was Is just it? quoting uh, from. Right. There's another one here. So she stared in transfixed terror, her mind screaming a rejection of what she was seeing as the final flow of his exudate slowly oozed out <laughs> into the end of his langer <laughs> and formed so into a threatening drop. So wow. she um, is in charge of culture in the United Kingdom. So check out the Daily Dory's Twitter account. I will, I, I will, I will downstream that, as she, as she calls it. Did you see <laughs> that story? Oh, yes. old. She's been talking about downstreams, hasn't she? Yes, mm. bless her. These are not old. She's got some written in 2018. Well, yes, she's a, she's a popular, before she became an MP, I mean, she's... The Velvet Ribbon, written in 2020. <laughs> she's cranking them out. While she is, she's working. She? She's probably doing it while she's at work. So I can see oh on my here, God. there's probably about six different novels. And I, I I don't know much about publishing, but you can't self-publish six. So she must have a, a deal and, wow, I oh, had yeah, no I idea. So. Or a ghostwriter. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, I think this, she, she had a name for herself. Um, wow. She's quite fascinating in all kinds of ways. But we won't go into all that right now. Um, but that is my pick of the week. Wow. Like good one. Addicted as well. Joe, what's your pick of the week? Well, I've recently discovered a very obscure late night ITV comedy starring Rob Brydon called Director's Commentary. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, no. no I'm not oh, surprised. Yeah. It was it was a one series. Um, I wouldn't say it was a hit, but it's 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 brilliant. And I've just me and my mates used to watch it late night, usually intoxicated, and it's got a really weird kind of brand of humour. Which so basically the the premise is. They take really old, pretty naff programs like Bonanza, hmm. which is like a Western from, I don't know yeah. what, what it was, like 70s, something like that? Early 80s? 60s, I think. Oh, well, okay, that old. I don't yeah, know. So yeah, it's quite old. Stuff like that. Um, and and they he pretends to be the director who directed that, the scenes from that. <laughs> oh. Do you remember those old director's commentaries you used to get on DVDs? Yes. Where you'd have a director sort of Love them. smoking a cigar and telling you how <laughs> they came up with yeah. the genius ideas for various shots and things. Yeah. So he's one of these insufferable directors. And the character he plays is called, he's called Peter Delane. And he talks like that. And it's, I just, I just love it. And I want everyone to watch it. And I want it to come back. And I want there to be another second and third and fourth series. Maybe Netflix will pick it up. I'm definitely going to check this out because I'm, I really like Rob Bright and I find him funny, but I know Carole has a bit of a problem with him. 
I oh. do, but you know what? Do you know mm. what? Uh, this might work for me because he plays someone unlikable. Right? Yeah, Peter he does. Delane. Yeah, he's a so prop. I don't, he's a I, I don't like when Rob Brydon is being all like nice and kind, and I just, I find he, I just think he should be a bad guy. <laughs> oh yeah, he, so, I don't think he's played a bad guy, has he? That would no, be a good he'd idea. be a great bad guy. It's not a bad idea. Good. There's some really good. There's some really good lines in it. So in Bonanza, someone walks in into a house, and the guy shouts uh, on the program, "It's open!" And the guy walks in and he goes, and I was, there's so loads of these little lines I remember. And he goes, um. Yes, because, of course, in those days, you didn't have to lock the door. You didn't have to carry a gun. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> it just sticks in your head. I, uh, Carole, have you ever seen The Trip, which is a series he made with Steve Coogan? Did you find no. that? Oh, that's brilliant. No, I didn't because I was afraid that I wouldn't like it, but maybe I should. I don't there know. Is, there is a culinary aspect to it. They go to lots of restaurants and check out the food. I, I, you might find it repellent if you don't like Rob Brydon. But yeah, I'm just not I found sure. It, I found it very, very funny. It's one of those kind of sit back and let it wash over you type comedies, isn't it? Yeah. And it's you're just in their in their company basically. Yeah, Steve Coogan and um Rob Well, Lyon. I love Steve Coogan actually, but And they yeah. do impressions quite a lot. That's the best bit. They have they have competitive impressions, so yeah. they will compete as to who can do the best Michael Caine, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a drive that you and I once took, Graham. <laughs> Carol, what's your pick of the week? Oh, controversial one. Okay. Yeah, it's called American Vigilante. It is a podcast. Mm. I was compelled to listen to the entire podcast in just a few days, which mm. is unusual when I race through that quickly. But I was baffled and annoyed by what I was listening to, yet I wasn't putting it down. So I'm bringing it to you, my dear listener. <laughs> to spread the pain. <laughs> yeah, spread the pain. And I made Graham listen as well. And I, so we'll let, uh, let me just give the premise, Graham, and then you can yes. dive in with your view. Okay. So it's like an interview, an interviewee setup. Former BBC journalist Sam Walker. Uh, see, Graham, not Samantha Fox, as I told you it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty certain it wasn't Samantha Fox. <laughs> I know. The as soon as I said that, I knew it was wrong. Model, yes. <laughs> Anyway, so she, Sam Walker, is having these long chats with this character called KC. This is our American vigilante, like a smart, contradictory, violent man who leads a group of men uh, to distribute justice for people that have been wronged. And he is, the, the, the pitch is that he's basically recalling the, the missions that he and his cohorts have been on over the years. And, and, the, and the missions are like, you know, people who've lost their children, had their kids kidnapped. And when, when the police have failed to get people back, his, he and his team will go in and find the missing person and, and bring them home. Yeah. Um, and the way they do this is fairly violent, like all in all caps violent, yes. right? Like action movie <laughs> level violence. What does all caps mean? I, I just think that means shouting. So they're just shouting the whole time. <laughs> yes, well, no. They're not, not using cap guns, if that's what you think. A lot of guns. Right, a bullets. lot of guns, a lot of knives, a lot of explosives, a mm. lot of w trucks yeah. that are armoured, all kinds of stuff. And does that come out Does that come out well on, on audio then, on the podcast? He's retelling these stories. Of, mm. he's not, he, you're not kind of live with him. He's like, this oh, happened, okay. this happened, this happened. And our journalist, Sam Walker, is kind of like, do I believe him? I don't know. Do you? I don't know. Let's <laughs> see. Carry on listening and we'll figure it out together. They're very good at that, aren't they? Some of the American podcasters, they're yes. very good at that. Drives me nuts. And this guy, KC, who claims to be a vigilante, he's a compelling storyteller, isn't he? I mean, he, mm -hmm. he knows how to tell the yarn. It's just the question of, did this actually happen? 
or not? And does it matter, is my question. Of course it matters, Chris. I think, yeah. The journalist in me. I want to know the truth. I want to know what happened. Well, you're going to have to check it out. Yeah, I know. But but I, but I, I don't want to if it doesn't tell me because I'll just have the frustration at the end. Well, maybe it does tell you. Graham's not finished it yet. I haven't finished it yet. Are you going to make yeah. me listen to all of it to find out? Because- I'm not going to make you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you will because it's compelling. It is interesting because there are points where you think that cannot be true. That is just mm-hmm. nonsense. But the amount of detail he gives sometimes apparently off the cuff about things which happened you just think how could he just make this up but see that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking yeah no that that i was the opposite on that i think there's so much detail in everything that it makes me feel yeah contrived at times sometimes i just think yeah I i think it's impossible for that to have happened but but there's also another part of me which wonders would it be possible to create a podcast where you don't say whether it's fiction? I mean, this doesn't say it's fiction. It doesn't say it's factual. Where you interview someone and you present it as though, as though it were true. And it turns out, actually, this is just an actor I hired. And now I've got a top podcast with hundreds of thousands of people listening to it, believing mm. that this guy really did this. Because Sounds it, like mm-hmm. the um, program Would I Lie to You, the panel show. Mm-hmm. With Rob They just Ryder. make up stories with Rob Ryder. We're, we're back there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it, it it is interesting. I I have listened to about five or six episodes so far, so mm-hmm. clearly I'm slightly intrigued. Right, I'm downloading it. Thank you, thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, and I look forward to getting a few messages about it once you've uh, like either fuck you crawl, or- <laughs> a few frustrated messages in caps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's American Vigilante. It's from Crowd Network, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy. You've been warned. Terrific. Well, that just about wraps up the show for this week. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you spending the time. Thanks for having me. I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What is the best way for folks to do that? Uh, I'm afraid I'm one of those journalists that's addicted to and and, and, uh, constantly posting on Twitter. So it's at Joe Tidy, J-O-E-T-I-D-Y. We're going to start calling you guys musky babies. Yeah, I think Elon's <laughs> about to rename it, isn't it? Isn't he going what, to call my, it? My account. <laughs> he could do. <laughs> what, to twatter? <laughs> he said he was going to call it titter at one point. Or, or maybe mm-hmm. give it the, I don't know what he's going to. Anyway, and you can follow us on titter at smash insecurity, no G, Twitter and allowed to have a G. Maybe Elon will allow us in the future. And we're also on Reddit. There's a smash insecurity subreddit. And make sure never to miss another episode. Follow Smashing Security in your favourite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts. And if you fancy it, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. And huge thank you to this uh, episode's sponsors, Collide and NetFoundry, and to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship info, guest lists, and the entire catalogue of more than 271 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Two hundred and seventy-one episodes. So how long has it been going for? Ah, tell me about it, man. Insane. December twenty sixteen, I think we started. Yep. That is awesome. Congratulations. That's thanks. Thank you. I think it's just stuck to the weekly schedule, basically, other than the occasional holiday. Uh, Do you have like seasons or something, or do you literally every week? We just take 
take off Christmas and uh, so a couple of weeks around then, and sometimes we might take a couple of weeks off around August. But other mm. than that, that's amazing. It's insane. 